Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. Tonight we are recording episode 36. My name is Julie Love, I'm your host, and I'm very excited to have tonight's guest. Before I introduce my guest, I want to introduce my book, A Gift from Adversity. A Gift from Adversity is my book about my life. The subtitle is Overcoming sexual abuse, domestic violence, bullying, and homelessness. And I've experienced this in my life growing up in Japan. And I struggled a lot about PTSD, mental health, panic attacks throughout my life. And I felt really compelled to write a book. And after I published my book, a lot of people reached out to me and started to tell me about their adversities. And I felt very compelled to create a social media and podcast platform where people can talk about their adversities and tools that they use to overcome and a gift that came from it. And today I have very exciting special guest. Her name is Kayla Caulfield. And Kayla recently was in Oscar winning film. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that, but I'm very excited to have her tonight. Hi, thank you for having me. Welcome to our show. Yes, thank you so much. I'm very excited to have you. So before we start our topic, can you please tell your name to our audience and then what you do? My name is Kayla Caulfield. I am based in Waltham, Massachusetts, and I am a Boston-based actress and model. So Kayla, um, I know you have some exciting news that you can share with our audience recently. What happened? So, uh, so I was part of a small film called Coda. Uh, I filmed that a few years ago uh, here in Boston, and it just recently made a huge sweep at the Oscars. Um, and actually, like as a whole, um, the awards season, like it won SAG Awards, it won BAFTA, it won Critics' Choice, but but like most of all, it won, like it did a whole sweep at the Oscar at the Oscars. So it's pretty exciting. Um, it's huge for for us, for New England and the deaf act in the deaf community at large. So I'm I'm, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and I saw you on Facebook that you were actually in Hollywood. Is it true? Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't at. The Oscars, but I mean, I was there like during the week of the Oscars, so I got to go with my mom, and we were watching the Oscars from my uh, hotel. Um, they had like a viewing on the rooftop, and like just watching Coda win best best that screenplay, best supporting actor, and then when it won best picture, I broke down in tears. I just felt so accomplished and i was just so happy to experience that with my mom because she's my my rock and so it was really it was really nice to experience that with my mom so it was unreal so i was watching your video and i was crying with you <laughs> just to let our audience know my son and my son Jaden owako and i are also in oscar nominated picture called don't look up mm -hmm. And then we were watching together. We were very, very excited. My son was very excited. He's 11. And then um, we were so excited. And then we were so excited for you. And then the team Coda 
and then we I recently watched it at the theater and it was mm. so beautiful. It was so amazing. I cried. I should have brought my bath towel or something. Yeah, and that's that's what I say to people. I'm like, if you're gonna watch Coda, you need to have a box of tissues handy because it it's gonna happen. <laughs> and all the um, places I love Hollywood State Park. Um, with the quarry and then mm. I went to Berkeley College of Music and I felt so connected and then when you came on the screen I was like ah Kayla mm. I'm so happy for you thank you absolutely so can you tell our audience how pe how how can people follow you do you have Instagram do you have a website um, anything that you want to promote yeah so I have obviously have a Facebook you can just type in my name um but i have an instagram so it's k-a-y underscore caulfield so k underscore my last name wait do you have any website uh no i just I mean I, I just have like a like a modeling page on my facebook but that's really about it i mean i just mostly post like my work on my public um like profile on facebook so um so yeah that's where i post most of my stuff okay well, I'm very, very happy that you came to a gift from university tonight. And I think we met on one of the set, didn't we? Yeah, it was, uh, oh my God, what was it? It was, um, it was a uh, chili. It was, uh, or spirited, but chili, yeah. Yeah. So During the overnights, yeah. We worked on a whole crazy. Those overnights. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, Kayla, it's been such a pleasure to see your journey and then to see the support system mm -hmm. and love that is pouring out to you uh, from especially New England area act actors. But let's dive into our podcast and then the main topic, which is adversity. So if you don't mind sharing your adversity with our audience, that would be great. So growing up, um, I, lived, I lived in a small town of Melrose. I've lived there my whole life. And growing up in school, I kind of, I, I was, I, was a, I mean, I still am, but um, I was very, very shy. I wasn't very, you know, social. I was very shy and uh, in retrospect, I didn't have a lot of friends in high, in, in, all throughout my school years. Um, so I, I was always left out of the crowd. I mean, I was a homebody growing up. Anyway, so I didn't go to parties. I didn't get in any trouble. Like, at, like right after school, I went right home. So, um, so growing up, I didn't have like a big circle of friends. So, like being social and and plus, like speaking too was a little bit of a struggle for me growing up. But, um, but yeah, I was like school was just not for me. It was kind of a struggle for me. And then when did it start, like from elementary school, kindergarten, middle school? It's, it basically started like around, I think from, my parents would tell me about it, um, like around like preschool, like whenever I tried to talk to girls, they would just walk away from me. I mean, I mean, I was young, so I didn't know any better. So, <laughs> but it, that just went on all throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. And I only have like at least like one or two friends really, and that was it. But didn't have like a, a group of friends and so yeah and before our interview we were kind of mentioning about like the parties and stuff that you are really not sometimes invited or anything 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't invited to like any like Sweet Sixteens or any other gatherings. Like I, I was, I just stayed home for the most part. I mean, at least I stayed out of trouble. I mean, because I was, you know, like the way I was brought up, I, I just was not into that type of thing or that type of crowd, and I wasn't gonna follow into that type of crowd. And you know, God knows what would have happened, but um, so yeah. <laughs> So throughout your school life, did you get bullied or it was isolation more so? Um, just mostly isolation. I mean, like I said, I only have like two like close friends that I've had since like middle school or elementary school. But um, especially like, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, like there wasn't really a lot of kids like my age, like within my age range. Um, like they're all just like young families. And so I didn't have any anybody to hang out with really um but um yeah it was mostly like just like like isolation like none of the girls like really and none of the kids in school like really included me in any in anything like you know I did sports like I did softball and cross country and that was kind of something a little along the lines of like being social and making friends and whatever and extracurricular activities like being in choir or whatever um but yeah I just I just didn't really click with anybody so i know now you're an adult but looking mm -hmm. back when you're growing up do you remember specific feelings when you are in that situation oh well, i mean now that um I mean, of course like now that i'm in like a really tight-knit film community i feel like i've made a lot like so a lot more friends than i ever did in school so in a sense, like when I got into acting, like I, I mean, I wouldn't say I started over, but I just wanted to just like be like, okay, I'm going to try to break out of my shell and just be myself. So I just have a bit of a refresh for me. But when you are growing up, say in school, like, you know, I know it was a long time ago, but yeah. do you remember like specific feelings? Like whenever you go to school, did you have like anxiety going to school? Did you have any like fear or like some sort of depression or anything? No, I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't remember. Um, I don't think I felt any type of like anxiety. Like I just, I was just like a normal kid. Like none of that really, like really occurred to me. Like I just, I was just a normal high school kid trying to get through the day. Yeah. So like, were you sad? Did you like, do you remember like feeling sad or? Um, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a little sad right now. It's a little emotional for me, but, <laughs> but yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so just to let our audience know that I went through a lot of bullying and sexual abuse, physical abuse with my dad. And then when I was going through that, I was like 8 to 13. And then 13 years old, a bunch of kids started to bully me suddenly. And then we were like friends since childhood. And then suddenly like I was targeted. And then while I was getting targeted, my dad at home was sexually, physically abusing me. And I lost word. I became mute. And I completely could not speak. And then they picked on it. 
and then they start to make fun of me that I'm deaf. And then they grew, I remember like I was getting like wound up by girls and then they were telling me that I can't speak. I became deaf when I was just going through the sexual abuse where I had absolutely no support. And I remember almost like numb. Like I just, like bullying itself was very hard, but at the same time, my home was so bad that I just remember a feeling of devastation, but more so camouflaging me, hiding my emotion and trying to survive like a day by day. And I was just really hiding my emotion. And later on that affected me as an adult that if somebody assault me or insult me, I just don't feel anything. And then when I confine with people, oh, Julie, that's horrible. And then my counselor said a lot of people who went through the PTSD and then emotional abuse and injury that they don't know how to connect the event and then emotions right. right away. There's a huge gap. And sometimes it takes me a week or sometimes it takes me like months to even realize the magnitude of instant that occurred to me was a violation because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, tears, like fears, those are suppressed. And then later on in my life, it just bursted into a different things. So I am, first of all, so sorry that happened to you. And I can't imagine, like, my son just went through a bullying. And my all it was so awful. And then to switch school. And then my daughter today, just today, got assaulted on her neck. And then oh. the teacher called me. She's only five. And she was showing me her neck. Mm-hmm. And my mom had boo-boo and stuff. I felt yeah. really bad. So any social type of situation, regardless of age, kids can be cruel. I know, yeah. And they can and Especially be- girls. Like, girls can be nasty. Like, like trust me. Like, they're just they're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst kind. <laughs> Especially in teenagers. Yeah. And then I know it it it's very hard for you to, you know, dig through that. But did you um how did it affect you? How did it affect like right now? How old are you right now? So I'll be actually I'll be twenty five next week. <laughs> so um but <laughs> thank you. Um but I mean, tracing back to, you know, when you mentioned about, um, you know, switching schools for your son, like my parents, like even considered that for me, like my freshman year of high school, like I was probably, I was probably the worst year of my life, but, you know, um, like my parents, like even thought about switching me to, to another school, but it was more for like, you know, something I wanted to do, like, like a, like a agricultural school or like a special needs school, but because I have like I'm I'm on the autism spectrum and have a bit of a learning disability, um, but I just we just decided just to push on through my last few years of public high school, so I did it. Um, but um, I feel like it made me I'm getting so emotional. <laughs> um, I feel like for me. Um, it it definitely like like over the years I started to break out of my shell a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like with the good people that have around me. 
Like I'm sorry, I get so emotional, but but I feel like with good people around me, I, I'm I'm I can be myself. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and um, just to let you know that the reason why I created this platform is because I really felt compelled that there's not so much platform that we can freely talk about the adversity and challenges that we have and then to be honest with you some people that came on my show that i never met like i had a guest from canada yesterday mm -hmm. and i have from you know denmark and then all over the america and then adversity and challenges that we face are so universal language, yet it's not normalized. And then we need to really take out the stigma where people can talk about these things and then feel okay and feel safe. And then, you know, learn from it that you're not alone going through this. Mm. So even if you are having a challenging like situation. I had two middle school students' parents contacted me after I posted my son's bullying experience that they were in crisis. And then I had no idea what they were in crisis of this situation at school. Mm -hmm. And then not only that school part of it, I had an adult reach out to me and then told me that they were getting bullied mm -hmm. at work and I had no idea. And then so I feel like oftentimes the victims are the one who are really traumatized, but yet we are muted and then we are like, you no, know, almost like, you know, accused of being like bullied. Like, so double victim in a way that we should be supported, but sometimes you don't have enough understanding of mental health and you don't have enough support system mm. you are going through it and especially my case is in 80s in japan yes. nobody talked about ptsd nobody talked about sexual abuse no there was no me too movement whatsoever so right. nobody understood what i was going through and i was called crazy traitor all these kind of names so I know you are in different generation. I'm 45, by the way. <laughs> and then, when you are going through it, did you have guidance counselor? Did you have some, like maybe therapist? That, you know? Yeah, I had a so I had a guidance counselor. I mean, I was on an I an IEP, um, but I I had a guidance counselor and like in some in some of my classes, like both middle school and high school, like there was like a special needs ish class like where i could like you know either like kind of, kind of like a like a study hall sort of thing where i can just like do my do my homework or any classwork that i need to do so um that that was kind of a, a help for me but um but yeah my parents like advocated for me so yeah yeah i recently learned uh one of my karate um classmate like no was kind of similar situation and then she said like trash was throwing at her and then her she was constantly getting picked on and then mm -hmm. uh, she said her parents advocated for her but as a parent as myself being bullied when i was growing up and as my son going through that thing like you know recently and then being an advocate for him but when the school, the top leadership is not 
supportive is right. nothing you can do. Yeah. So was your school leadership supportive? I wouldn't say they weren't supportive, but I mean, in retrospect, like in some cases, like especially for that, like the way I see it, um, like a, a parent's intuition is always right. Like a parent is always going to outsmart whoever thinks this is right for little Jimmy or whoever. But a parent is always going to know what's right for the child because they, because they, because you know your child and my mom knew, knew me. So, I mean, not that, I mean, not that the school was like, you know, against it or anything, but, but that's just like in different experiences, like, like my mom had to be my voice for me. So whatever you do, just be an advocate for your child. Just, yes. yeah, pr prove them wrong, basically. Yeah. Like, you know your child better than, better than they do, so. Yes, and in my case, my perpetrator was my, my father, mm -hmm. and he was the one who was manipulating the school teacher that I was a, a traitor and I was a bad daughter. And when authority figures are the perpetrators and are manipulating the situation, yeah, I just felt hopeless. And then yeah. I escaped from him when I was 13. So, you know, it's really hard, like not only being a victim, but, you know, there was absolutely nobody to support and advocate for myself. Mm. So, you know, it's just really um, horrible cycle, but at least your mom was there to be your voice and then being an advocate for you. Mm. How did that feel when she was your voice, when she was really trying to understand what was going on? Mm feel do you remember that kind of feeling i mean it wasn't like when i wouldn't i'm trying to think um uh, i'm trying to think because like, i wasn't really like quite aware of what was really going on like as far as like you know like what are my plans? Like am I planning on going to college? Like what are my what are some of the classes I need to get done or completed or whatever? Like I wasn't really quite aware of all that. So um my mom mostly took care of that stuff for me. Um so yeah, it wasn't really I mean I I kinda understood but like wasn't really aware, I guess. I see. Sounds like you have a wonderful mom. I do, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Kayla, I really appreciate you being very brave and be vulnerable to talk about difficult time and adversity um, growing up. So now let's switch our topic a little bit to the tools that you use to overcome this. You a little bit mentioned about acting but before you share your answer with our audience i just want to let you know that you are my episode 36 every single guest since i started this podcast has a completely different tools that they use to overcome and then what i love about this part of the question is that 
when you're going through adversity and when you when you meet people who have never experienced this mag- magnitude of challenges in their lives, they will just say, oh, just find therapists. Oh, just go see a therapist. Just mm-hmm. talk. And that's not that that's not the full answer. And then there are so many modalities that people use to overcome. And then as wonderful as counseling is, I did not like sometimes like the counselors and then mm-hmm. I didn't click with some of the counselors. And then sometimes when you have mass health, when you have like, you know, low income, and then when you don't have the private insurance, it's so hard to find counsel, especially after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So people had shared with me so many different tools. And then this is um, one of my favorite parts. So Kayla, can you tell our audience, what are the tools that you use to overcome these challenges in your life that worked for you? So, I mean, like I said, growing up, I had a little bit of a speech issue or speech delay. Um, so like in, in elementary school or even throughout high school, like I would still be pulled out of class to, to do like a, like a speech class or some sort of like therapy thing. Um, but um but I remember my mom telling me that she signed me up for, um, like when I was when I was little, um, she signed me up for like singing lessons because of my speech issue. So I guess I kind of found my voice in that, and uh, which then led me to Dakota. But that's another story. But um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I feel like like now like through you know I, I I sing in like choir. I sing in a rock band. I did theater, I did a little bit of here and there. And then and like after high school, like I knew like, I mean, I didn't have any friends in high school. So, you know, what was I gonna do? So after I graduated, I took acting a world and I feel like I've found a family in it. So I feel like the tools that I've used have been, um, would be um, like just, um just to be myself and just not and I'm like a very insecure person so like I just gotta be myself I mean that's what I always try to keep in mind and even like now as an adult I I, I'm taking therapy I mean I I suggested myself that I should take therapy because of personal reasons but um But one, I think the tool definitely to use is that that I that I've that I'm thankful for is um, like the uh, like the voice lessons and whatever helped me and to break out of my shell, really. So yeah. So do you remember your first acting gig? So my first acting gig, actually, um, so I started out with um, like doing independent films and masters in Rhode Island. But my first acting gig, well, as background, um, after I graduated high school, was Central Intelligence. And I mean, I still do it here and there, but I'm kind of trying to back away from it. But but Coda was my very first like featured role. So. Um, so there's that. <laughs> um, but my first ever big film gig was Central Intelligence, and it went, went from there. And I would go to like 
like even obviously pre-COVID, um, I go to like networking events and do um, like go to film festivals and kind of network from there and things like that and just kind of build build my um, connect like my, build my connections basically and just and it just progressed from there and I just so thankful to have people who support me and have my back no matter what. I'm a lucky girl. I really appreciate you sharing the tools. So people who are going through this right now, if you are to have advice, like you know, if they're interested in maybe acting world, how do you think it would help them going through maybe bullying or isolation? Like how would you describe that acting can be a little bit therapeutic or like you said, um, another family, how would you describe that to people? I mean, as far as acting, like, I mean, if you, if you have like a role or like, whether it be, you know, like, like if you have a lead role or like a feature role or whatever, whatever it may be, you are, you, you are playing a part. You're playing a character. You, I mean, you may not be, you know, yourself, but you're playing a character. So like, you have to kind of like create that character like is it the same person as you are is it is it totally different you know you can you have the power to create like some like a per a person a character so creativity really comes into play and you know it, like that's what I mean especially like all through school like people just don't get it you know it's like you just you just you create you create art at the end of the day it's work and you create art and you create you just create magic basically so um yeah i don't think there's anything else so um did you have any idea when you were involved with coda that it's gonna take off like this oh my god no not at all um, so I filmed that uh, in October of 2019. Um, well, actually, yeah, in October 2019, and it was me and the kids. But they're, they're actually from from Berkeley. They're actually Ber uh, Berkeley students. So in a sense, I was kind of like a um, like a leader for them because they because I was a vet, like a veteran. I knew of the business. They did not. So I had to kind of help them. I kind of had to help them out a little bit, which is. Which, I'm, I was more than happy to, you know, help them out and, you know, just let them, like, have fun. And, and now that it is be, it's become so successful, I am, I am proud of them. Like, they are part of something so monumental that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. So, um, so anyway, I remember when I worked on it, um, like, after it wrapped, there was a certain point where nobody was getting paid they were having financial issues and i remember that there was another production that went through the same issue and actually didn't see the light of day at all so i was like worried i'm like oh my god this is probably gonna be a flop it's not gonna go anywhere but then you think like with marley madeline i don't think you like i wouldn't see why it wouldn't go anywhere so it was quiet for a little bit and then um like early last year that's when it got into Sundance and then that's when Apple TV bought it for 25 mil which was the biggest 
you know, purchase in, in Sundance history that Apple TV bought it. So, and then it was released uh, in August of last year. And then, then obviously earlier, there, earlier this year, that's when I started to pick up with in the uh, awards season, like the got nominated for SAG, nominated for BAFTA, nominated for critics, blah, blah, blah. And then of course the Oscars. And so here we are. <laughs> so I, I definitely didn't think that it would become so huge. Like I, I never imagined it in a million years. Wow. Looking back, you know, when earlier I talked about your adversity growing up in school, then now you have this all attention of, you know, Oscars and all this award and then, you know, being in this biggest movie of the year, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How is it helping you cope the past? It's helping me realize that, I mean, in a sense, when it won, again, like I felt accomplished because I, like I said, I grew up, like I had a speech problem. So singing was the, the key to help, help me out with that. And it led me to have a singing part in CODA. And so in a sense, like my, my gift of singing or music or my love of music, my passion for performing like whoever thought that it would be part of something so monumental, like I never thought it could happen. And I, I just felt so accomplished. That is so, so, so beautiful. And then I'm so happy for you. And just to let you know that my son, well, my daughter too, we all, we are all in this acting business. My yeah. daughter started when she was two months old. My son really started maybe three years old. And then after, you know, this bullying thing happened, but even during the bullying thing happened, he really was resilient and then did not miss a single audition. And one of the big auditions, which I cannot say it yet until April 17th, that we just filmed the episode that was during this craziness when he was having panic attack and stuff and mm -hmm. the for school but he had two callbacks with the producer and uh, a main person and then um self-tape and i was just so proud of him yeah and i think your story can inspire so many people that no matter how you are feeling in the past when there's a chance like this, winning yeah. an Oscar and being in this huge film and then having this snowball effect of success, like I just want people who are tuning in or will listen to our episode know that at the end of the day, you matter, not these people who belittle mm -hmm. you, your passion, and then your mission and then your light should never be you know demolished by mm -hmm. diminished demolished by these people who are simply jealous of you or yeah, exactly yeah exactly so they're just they're just jealous like they're just 
they're, they're, they're intimidated is what I like to say. They're intimidated by your, your, your success, your, your drive. They're intimidated by it. And that's what I like to think, you know, especially for, for your son, like those, those kids are just, they're, they're intimidated. Absolutely. And I myself should say I have accomplished a lot in my life and I had share of jealousy and insult throwing at me. I was called Hitler. I was called Stalin. I was called nobody want to work with you. That's why you don't have a boyfriend. You are incompetent. Like those things, like, no, to me at this point in my life, they really don't matter. I, yeah. I just like develop this shell of like you know okay I have audition I have two tonight mm -hmm. I really can't have these people naysayers affect me of what I want to accomplish and what people expect me to do yeah I have established my career as a journalist or actress whatever i've done the people trust me or being a producer people trust me throwing me these tasks i i just can't have this noise like mm -hmm. let down of my work on my mental health and then slow me down like right. they, I, they, they they just can't slow me down mm -hmm. so do you feel the same way when you have are having this success and then people are starting to trust you more and then give you more opportunities yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a very insecure person, you know, physically, mentally, whichever way. Like, I'm a very insecure person. So, like, you know, even if I like, as far as auditioning goes, like, as, like even if I don't get a job, it's whatever. There'll be something around the corner for me, or later on down the road. So I don't let it get to my head. Like, if I don't get it, oh well. It's like it's selection, not rejection. So, um, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm just a very insecure person in general. So, I mean, it's, it's hard for me, especially in this day and age with social media. And it's just, I mean, what, what you see on social media is just a highlight reel is what I always think to myself. Like, like the, the stuff that I see wherever is, is not, you know, it's not realistic. So I try to remain myself and um, as, you know, humble and down earth as I, as I can because who will want you know some artificial version of me or whatever who will want to you know fake a version of me so absolutely well Kayla I really appreciate you sharing your true self and story I can't really thank you now for being a part of the gift of adversity today. Now let's talk about my last question, which is a gift that came from the adversity. So what what, what would you say the gift that came from these challenges? Uh, the gift would be um, gift would be um, being being more like being being more like open like being more you know like I, I don't know how, I don't know how to say it like um being I, 
guess it would be like just like like my strength. It'd be my strength just to kind of open up and just not be afraid of what people think of me. So these experiences gave you a gift for you to be open in yourself, in the yeah. strength. Yeah. Yes, that is easier said than done. <laughs> and to be honest with you, 20 years ago, I would have never been able to advocate for myself and then be is strong and was able to say these things that happened to me and for you to figure out at this young age like you're gonna be great and you know the strength and then the openness that came from it like it's just the word that you just said but I feel the weight and I feel that took so much of you to come out of the other side and then be able to hold your vision and the strength. And that is really crucial and success. So I really appreciate you sharing that and you should be very, very proud of yourself. Yeah. Great. So Kayla, before we close our show, would you um, share your last word to our audience? Uh, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. It's, it's, it's been great. I mean, I love sharing my story of, you know, my struggles and stuff. And just, just know that even if you, if people go through the same thing or have gone through the same thing I have, they're, they're not alone. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Well, everybody, this is uh, at Giffen University. My name is Joy Love. I'm your host. And then we have great guests coming um, in April, May, and then going forward. So I appreciate it. And everyone have a wonderful night. Thank you.